Hey, I'm Ray Hudson, and you are, I don't know who you are, but you're listening to Blaugranagram. Don't be like them kids in the Blair Witch Project, and go away, right? Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Driven Shot, Season 2, Episode 8, I'm pretty sure. Here with me, I've got our new co-host, Kevin. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing well. How about yourself, Omar? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to have you on board. Uh, of course, as uh, as our lovely viewers and audience here will know, this is something that I've been having the works to kind of <clears throat> bring something new to the Driven Shot, and it's something I'm very happy we've done, and hopefully uh, this episode will be a very enjoyable one because we do have quite a few things on our list. And of course, remember that you are always very much welcome uh, to leave your comments and your questions in the chat, and we'll take them as we go on. So, Kevin, for people that don't know you, do you want to tell them what, what it is that you do? Kind yeah, of introduce for sure. yourself. For sure, yeah. So, my name is Kevin. Uh, I've been a Barcelona fan since uh, 2005, so the good old Ronaldinho days. Uh, it's, it, I think my first game ever watching them play was uh, the, the wonderful Champions League final in 2006 against Arsenal. Um, and really just, you know, the, the, ever since that day, I, I, it was very hard to not be a Barcelona fan. And, um, yeah, I'm, again, I'm really happy to be here with you guys and, and get the show started. Awesome. All right. So we have a few things in our on, on our list. And, of course, if you guys have any suggestions to things you'd like our, our, you know, our opinion on, feel free to drop them in the comments. That's what they're for. Um, and before we start, I just want to say this preface and say that if you do not already follow us on our social media channels, feel free to do so. Um, we're always looking to provide you with high-quality content about everything Barcelona. So if you want to stay tuned, that's the place to go. Now, with that being said, of course, uh, looking at Barcelona right now, looking at the date is February 3rd. So the transfer window more or less just uh, closed its doors. And, uh, of course, a name that was very heavily dropped uh, with, a, with a very, very high uh, price tag and a very high contract yeah. was uh, Lionel Messi. Yes. Um, that free-kick goal, I – like – even when you rewatch it, it's still something where you're like, how the hell did that even happen? Honestly, not even rewatching it, but just uh, hearing you say that, that free kick goal, uh, it, it brings a smile to my face, honestly, because it was, it was simply out of control in the sense that, you know, you, you, you can prepare all you want for a free kick of his, but he knows exactly what he's going to do. Uh, it, you know, you can set somebody laying down right behind the wall. You can set somebody right at the goal line and, that's exactly what uh Coop did, yeah. did and, and it didn't work. Upper ninety <laughs> shot. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I think as well, it was also quite poetic, the timing of it, it mm. given everything that was going on and, and everything that people were saying about Barcelona. The fact that mm. he scores that um after a bit of maybe a bit of a free kick goal drought, um, mm -hmm. to then retain his spot as one of the top free kick takers. In my eyes, the top free kick taker, especially in recent times. Um, sure. you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it is, it's beautiful. It's, it's genuinely beautiful to see it. And, um, I think that maybe in a sense kind of solidifies that, yes, he still is an important factor to this team. Mm. Um, now yeah, looking I mean, at him. Yeah. Go on, go on. No, I was, I was going to say that, uh, I think it, it falls in line very nicely with what you said, where there was so much, uh, speculation with everything going on with Messi since the summer and you know then now with the uh with everything coming out over 
his contract and what it's worth and everything else. And then he scores his goal and he's, he, he, it's, it's proof that he's fundamental to the team. He's, it, it's, it's, it, he's almost a, a requirement for, for, for the club to, to retain uh, and to further nurture like that, you know, that, that relationship with Messi. And, and there, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but I'm, I'm very confident that uh, goals like this and performances like this really, really uh, solidifies his, um, his, his stance for the club. Definitely, a hundred percent. Now, before we move on to the next uh, to the next point, we have Baller VFX, who says, "Yo, hey man, nice to meet Yo. you. Thank you for tuning in." Jerry Eliasin says, "Hello, hello to you too. Thank you for tuning in." Um, so, of course, we've spoken about Messi and spoken about how important he is. Another aspect of the team that people really are looking into and really some people are ripping into mm. is is the defense and stability, mm. lack of stability, lack of pace. Uh, do we have players who just rely on pace, so on and so forth? Yeah. Um, and two names that have been very mentioned, other than Os- uh, Oscar Mingueta, of course, is Clement uh, mm-hmm. Longley and Samuel Titi. Because, yes. of course, Longley has had a dip of form. Uh, I think I don't think that's uh, a secret. <laughs> Umtiti mm. uh, has been, for me at least, he's looked quite comfortable whenever he has been playing, which he yeah. has done quite a lot recently. But for sure. I know that a lot of people look at Clement Longley and go, yeah, no, his time is over. Sevilla, you know, they, they robbed us uh, and all that stuff. I personally, I'm, the way I see it is you're talking about a guy who's played virtually every game, especially mm-hmm. all the big games, for so long that, of course, his body is going to crack at some point. He's going to need a bit of a break. And when you play at so many games, unless you're Lionel Messi, you're not going to be able to just, you know, maintain that, especially as a defender. And especially mm. when there's so much rotation going on at the back, uh, you know, they went with Oscar Minguesa on the right back position for so long. Now Roberto is back. Dest is soon yep. hopefully going to be back. And it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to, to yeah. deal with as a defender. But I, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think his time is up or do you think he just needs a break? So personally, I, I, so ever, ever since, uh, you know, Langley is, has, is a, is a sensitive topic for me because I personally was never a big fan of the signing itself, which mm-hmm. is totally, you know, everybody has their own opinions and everything. Uh, that's, 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 that's just my thought. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go as far as saying that Sevilla robbed us or anything like that, but I would go as far as saying that Clements, uh, you know, Clemenza, his ability to play is 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 undoubtedly good enough for the club, but I do believe that we could have gone for a much, much uh, bigger signing considering the importance of defense in the back. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, somebody somebody who pairs very, very nicely with, with Pique. Um, I imagine Umtiti and, uh, and uh, Lengle were supposed to be the, the future pairing, you know, and it makes sense, right? Uh, both French national team players, uh, Umtiti, um, the, the World Cup winner and whatnot. Umtiti um, is, is a player I've loved since the World Cup. And ever since he joined the club, I was just like, this is, this is it. This is, this is the future right here. You know, such a young player and everything. Um, but I, I, I think to your point, you know, about how some defenders need breaks and whatnot. I don't know if I 100% agree with that. Uh, I think I, I think defenders, especially in La Liga, um, are nowhere near as physically beat up as mm-hmm. they are in, say, other leagues. 
Um, so, you know, so I, so I don't yeah. know if, if, if Ling Lei really needs a break. I think he, it, it, there might be a, a dip in form due to uh, lack of concentration. It could be uh, he's just not mentally in the game. Uh, it could also be something as far as uh, him being a little bit, you know, th th there's competition now for that starting spot. Yeah, Umtiti's there is. Back. Umtiti's back. He's, uh, he's fully fit. Uh, everybody knew uh, what Umtiti could do since, since his days, uh, since we saw him play at, basically at his peak or yeah. close to his peak in the 2018 World Cup. So I think all, all those factors are, are are things to consider when we're looking at how the defense will will line up for the remainder of the season. Uh, personally, I'd love to, you know personally I'd, I'd love to see uh, Umtiti stick with the starting with in, in starting eleven. I think he deserves it. I think he's he has the credentials for it. Uh, mm -hmm. Besides just the World Cup winning title and everything, but just his numbers are also far more impressive. Uh, yeah. he, he, he was injured for, for, for a couple of months, but you know, it, it's one of those things that I think we just, uh, as a club kind of just need to just support whoever is on the starting 11. But at the end of the day, uh, just also recognize that if you're on the starting 11, it's, it's for a reason, uh, and, yeah. and, and, and the player needs to, uh, needs to basically make sure that they wear the badge proudly like that. No, definitely. So yeah. that leads me on to kind of a sub question to that. Um, you know, you have Umtiti, who's who's obviously gone back to being in good form. Mm -hmm. And I recall back when Longley was about to be signed, of course, the big name that, that, that Barcelona wanted to go for before that was Aymeric Laporte, who at the time played for yep. Athletic Club. Um, mm -hmm. And then he went on to Manchester City. Then they looked to sign Inigo Martinez, uh, yep. who then also moved. I believe he was at uh, La Real at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so... Those were some names. I, I think Laporte would have been an excellent signing if they if they if they got their hands on him. Um, Agreed. And quite frankly, when I when Longley was signed, I didn't exactly know what to expect because from what mm -hmm. I recall, he was he was decent. And that was about it. Like he, was he wasn't he wasn't word. a standout player at the right. time. Um, since then, he's slowly become one of my favorite players to watch uh, because of the way he carries the ball, because of the way he defends, because of his mentality and his attitude off the pitch, which I don't mm -hmm. think has been brought enough light on. Um, that's definitely something. I remember he had an interview with El Periodico a while back, maybe a year ago at this point, uh, a very lengthy one that we also put up. If you do want to read that, it is on Um where he basically spoke about what he does after the games, what he does before the games. And his mentality is absolute top-notch, which is one of the reasons why I, I, I love him as a player. Um, but again, looking at it now, of course, Eric Garcia, a name very heavily mentioned. Mm. Do you think that him with uh, Ronald Araujo, Oscar Mingueza, you have Umtiti, PK coming back, hopefully. Um, do you think that that for Barcelona would be a solid defense or do you think they need more if they want to compete at the top? No, I think Eric Garcia would be an excellent signing. Um, you know, I think I think any player, if you can sign any player mm -hmm. that has learned something about the game under Pep Guardiola, is a good signing. Uh, yeah. I think you know, you know what I mean. So yeah, I yeah, think, definitely. Yeah, so I think uh, signing Eric Garcia would definitely boost uh, overall IQ. Uh, mm -hmm. just it, just overall intelligence on the field and like what to do and how to clear the ball and everything. Uh, I think sometimes what we, what I have noticed over the last couple of months is that we either start to track back too much 
And then we just either launch the ball or we start making really, really risky passes where we end up losing it on the, uh, in, the, in the final third. Versus if we look at, for example, the way Pep Guardiola has always liked to play when he was at Barcelona, is always starting from the back, but always keeping the players moving in a certain, finding those spaces. And mm -hmm. I'm just not personally seeing that at, uh, right now. Like you, you can get your passes yeah. through the middle or down the sides and whatnot, but I think signing a player like Eddie Garcia would would definitely uh, mitigate a lot of that unnecessary risk that our defense is currently taking on. Yeah, that no, that that makes sense. And I think I think he is one of those players that, although to some people now, while mm -hmm. a couple of months ago when he really was in good form, a lot of people were saying, "Yes, he's the one. He's the one Barcelona need." And then now, because he's had a dip of form, maybe because of a lack of maybe because of a lack of concentration, knowing that Barcelona mm. are knocking on the door and whatnot, people are now saying, "No, he's not the one they need." And it's just so reactionary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I I still I think Edgarcia, especially for free, would be an absolute bargain. For oh, Barcelona. absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You know, his contract runs out in the summer, and as far as I remember, he hasn't renewed one, at least not publicly. At least not I publicly known. I don't think he's renewed his contract. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he would renew it, especially knowing that Barcelona. He's on Barcelona's radar. I, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially. Yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he's had his discussions with Pep, and uh, and Pep is probably encouraging him. Yeah, absolutely. Why? Why would you not? You don't say no to Barcelona, so to speak. Yeah. I think also the key factor to that would also be the fact that he is. Not coming to Barcelona to be a player that sits on the bench for 85 mm. minutes. He's coming on to Barcelona to be one of the key players, one of the regular starters. Right. At least so I'd imagine, given the defense. Um, so yeah, I, I would I would imagine yeah. the same. Uh, th 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 I think the question is then, of course, who who is going on the yeah. bench? Yeah, exactly. And that at that point, if you put a big name player on the bench strategically speaking, you put him on the bench, he becomes unhappy, Barcelona sell him, cash in, slowly work away from their debt, um, right. which obviously also is a, is a factor to consider. Um, Don Official B in the chat says, injuries aside, Araujo and Obtiti are a good bet for the future. I would not disagree with that. I think that's, I think that's very viable. I think that's, yeah. I could see that. I could see that. I could see that as well. Uh, you I know, agree. Araujo is, Araujo is, been very very impressive um for his age yes yeah for his age yeah. he's, he's he's a fantastic player and i think uh Aruaho has a, a wonderful future at the club um i think it just comes down to uh he's part of the long-term project mm -hmm. versus you know we have to balance out how uh how the club moves forward with competitions like la liga uh, as well as Champions League, I could I could see uh, that pairing for Copa del Rey, mm -hmm. uh, La Supercopa de España, uh, things of that nature. But when it comes to Champions League play, you need, you know, you I, need I someone experienced up. at least. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, uh, you know, and that's the thing where you kind of want to make sure that it's not deemed as a valid, so to say, quote unquote, excuse. Mm. from Barcelona fans to say, hey, they're using someone from La Masia. Well, okay, but if they have someone who's experienced on the bench mm. that is in good form, that person should be used for those games just because he has experience, you know? For sure. Um, speaking of new players and new signings and so on and so forth, of course, Frankie de Jong isn't really a new name anymore. 
Mm. But Barcelona snubbed him right in front of PSG, uh, right in front of PSG. And when he joined Barca, he had a different role to the world mm. he has now. And I think now he seems a bit more complete because before mm. this he seemed a bit more limited. I don't know what. what how, how do you think he's been? He's been doing. What I, I mean, what I love about Frankie de Jong is the way he touches the ball, the way he controls the game in the midfield and everything. Uh, I know one of the things that frustrated me the most last season from mm-hmm. seeing him play is that they pushed him too much to uh, to the sides. And yeah. to be fair, Frankie, he's not the fastest player on yeah. the field. Uh, he's amazing with the ball. His vision is out of control. But he's also not going to be able to out- outrun somebody like a Valverde from Madrid, uh, yeah. simply, simply because, you know, he just doesn't have the pace like that. But I think seeing him now this season, or at least under Ronald Koeman, it almost like there's that Dutch connection and that Dutch understanding of like, okay, this is how Frankie used to play Ajax. This is the way he plays for the national team. This is where he's most comfortable. Therefore, mm. let's play him there. And mm. I've been very happy seeing him there. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he tracks back. He, he reminds me, I mean, I know there's nobody like a Busquets, but he, he is very much playing the Busquets role where he, he goes back, receives the ball, distributes. Uh, and that's and that, and that what's, that's what's worked. And that's what, uh, similarly, he used to do at Ajax. And we saw what Ajax uh, did it back in 2018, 2019 season. And there's a possibility for us to replicate that because we have the players, we have the talent for it. And, and De Jong is... We're kind of just living in De Jong's world when we're on the field, uh, besides <laughs> Messi's world. But De Jong is really yeah. the one who pulls the strings there. Yeah, no, he's definitely been – it feels like he's been rejuvenated when you look at the way he's playing, look at the way he's controlling the ball. He plays with so much confidence now. He's mm, actually gone sure. up and scored a few goals. Uh, yeah, which is, which is a little – Which I think uh, is very interesting because he – that's not is. fourth – that's not something he was he used to do that often for – Right. For Ajax. And yet in the past couple of games, he's been – the one scoring for Barcelona. Barring Antoine Griezmann, who's also a very interesting topic because all mm. of a sudden, it seems like he's slowly fitting in. Yeah, he is slowly fitting in, which is, uh, I don't want to say it's that, uh, you know, it, 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 we, we've been waiting for it for a long yeah. time. Uh, yeah, and, and, and that's fine. And, and I'm glad that uh, the club, as well as all its fans, um, have been very patient with Griezmann. Uh, I still think that, he hasn't reached his ceiling at the club yet, but yeah, I do think agree. that uh, his recent goals uh, against the uh, Atleti Club, I believe, uh, as well as just other other teams over the last couple of weeks, have been all crucial to Barcelona's just overall confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, him scoring, uh, you know, consecutively, uh, whether it be two goals a game or even uh, week over week, uh, definitely yeah. boosts his it boosts his morale. And you could see like. You know what what it meant for like him to score uh and like everybody kind of just coming around him and just saying like you're good you're good you're good and that celebration was absolutely beautiful yeah uh, it was great you know it's it's one of those it's one of those and i know it, this might feel very weird or very sentimental or whatever but when you look at other teams and you see they have this very strong team spirit like when athletic club won uh the supercopa mm. and they had this whole ceremony with Asir Via Libre on the on the trumpet and stuff that stuff is amazing. You know, yeah. that's that's how you want your team to be. You want you want from the outside as well to be able to see that there is this team spirit. And yeah. up until that goal that Griezmann scored, I don't think we had seen that as much. Correct. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think there's been a lot of uh, 
I don't know if there's been locker room tension, but I think there's more so on the field tension of this, yeah. you know, everybody putting a lot of pressure on one another. But whenever we see these uh, quote unquote underperformers score, um, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing. And it's kind of just more like Definitely. keep doing it. Uh, and then the same thing to what you said earlier about Frankie de Jong. Frankie de Jong is somebody who traditionally doesn't score, but he's been scoring. Yeah. Yeah, you know? and I th- yeah, definitely. I so think it, it really, yeah. it, it really boosts the. I think it really just make, hypes everybody up uh, on the for field. sure. Yeah, no, definitely. I think as well that maybe is more or less perfect timing considering Barcelona have Paris in the Champions League very soon. Mm. You know, of course, Paris have had their ups and downs this season. Uh, Kylian Mbappe's blue hair wasn't exactly the best decision. Yeah. Um, but uh, hairstyles aside, you know, of course they uh, they parted ways with uh, with Thomas Tuchel, who now took over the reins at Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Lampard is now a free agent. Valverde is still a free agent. Uh, Andreas Boas left uh, Marseille. Mm-hmm. So just a lot of movements in the league uh, in, in France, and also for Paris, they've gotten Mauricio Pochettino. Of course, some injuries here and there, and I think that if there was a time for Barcelona to more to show their team spirit and show that they have this sense of unity, mm-hmm. that time is now. Like, there is no better time to do it than now. Agreed. Agreed, 100%. Uh, the, the the matchup against PSG is, is, will probably be the biggest test uh, for us this season so far. I mean, we had, sure, we had Juventus uh, over two games in the group stage. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, group stage matches aren't the same as knockout rounds. For sure. For sure. They're very, very different. The tension is different, even mm-hmm. without fans. Uh, Correct. So... Looking at some of the uh, comments here in the chat, thank you for sending them. It's awesome. Keep sending them. Let's keep interacting. That's what this show is for. DeSanchez1969 sure. asks uh, why we couldn't bring back Todibo, why Barcelona let go of Todibo. So, of course, if you didn't know, Jonga uh, Todibo was originally on loan at Benfica. His loan with Benfica was since prematurely terminated. It was supposed to last mm. until the end of the season. Was terminated and he was then sent on loan to French side Nice to the end of the season with a buy option. Mm-hmm. Um, so the th- I remember when when he was uh, sent over when he was sent to Benfica initially. Mm-hmm. The first thing I thought was that's a mistake because the way I see it, he's a very versatile player, skillful player, and he has confidence on the ball, which you need to have if you're in Barcelona. And I think sure. maybe that collided with at the time. I believe Barcelona had Andre Gomes as well, who's now moved to Everton. Mm. They had some players who seemed like they didn't quite fit in. Um, and I think maybe that, maybe because of that, he kind of stood out a bit more. Mm. I still believe that he could have a future at Barcelona, although obviously if needs to buy him, that's pretty much game over. But mm. I, I, do, you think, do you think they should have let go of him? I mean, now obviously they have Arafa and Mingueta, so you could argue that maybe they had the backup. But even then, you know, I think it's doing? it's hard to I, it's hard to tell because sure you can be I think you can be great on the ball and everything, um, but I think it ultimately comes down to did he have that chemistry with mm-hmm. the yeah. other defenders? Uh, it, it's possible that he didn't. Uh, you know, you again you could be great on the ball, you could have that vision, you could have the pace uh, to play the left back position, which is a very very demanding role. In Barcelona, um, mm. but if he's just not really on the same wavelength as uh, you know, whether it be the other defenders or even uh, the three up top, it might not necessarily uh, just be part of the part of the project, so to yeah. speak. So 
I personally think it was probably the best decision to make. Uh, that way we can also give these young players uh, the opportunity to play because I also wouldn't think it's fair for us to just hold on to players just because. Um, definitely, definitely. You know, so I think, uh, yeah, I think we, we, there, there was no there was no real uh, demanding reason to keep him. Yeah, I guess that, I guess that does make sense. I guess yeah. that does make sense. Um, looking at some of the comments here, Chase the Vase says, Omar, hey, man, how you doing? Thanks for tuning in. I uh, really appreciate it. JD Eliassin again says, I think the confidence with the locker room now is very high, and it makes everyone in Barcelona perform better. I would definitely agree. And I think sure. it's uh, something we definitely saw last game out. Uh, De Sanchez, 1969, says, I mean, Getha came out of nowhere thanks to Kuman. Now, Kuman has been criticized a lot since his arrival at mm. Barcelona. Of course, took over from, uh, from Kike Setien. But... You could also say that he has done a lot of things right. Um, you know, the the emergence of a lot of these youngsters, the trust he's put in them, players like Pedri, has mm. gotten a lot of playing time. Of course, you could argue, well, what about Puj? But then again, they do sort of they they play in a similar way, and it's one or the other. And Pedri, to his credit, has been very very impressive. And it's very difficult to just drop a player that's playing extremely well. Correct. Yeah, I mean, so, so so the situation with Pedri and, and Puj is, is, is a sensitive one because they play similarly, mm-hmm. but at least what we saw from Puj uh, a lot over the summer or even in the beginning of the season is that he was playing uh, a much more... He, he, he seems a lot more comfortable in the back versus... He does, he does. Versus, versus Pedri, who, who likes to push up. He could push up. He has the pace for it and everything else. He, he also has the, the strength for it. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of, I think, you know, any, anyone who's a massive push fan, I mean, I love push, but if you were to ask me, would you rather see De Jong or push on the field? I'm going to say De Jong, uh, mm-hmm. simply because of experience, uh, because of overall presence on the field. I think a lot of those things, uh, have to do with a winning mentality. Uh, and that's, and that's what Kuman came to do. He, he came to, he came to win for the club. He came to win trophies and, I'd love to see Puj play a bit more of an active role, uh, but at the same time, I don't know if the formation would really make sense for us to have two uh, pivotes in the back or anything like that because that would just yeah. that would really yeah, push us right. back a little bit. That would push us back a little bit too much when right now we have defensive errors, sure, but uh, you know the question is again, of course, are we scoring enough goals? You know, are 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 we are we ending games? Uh, by the 60th minute or 70th minute versus nail biters until the 90th. Yeah, that's you know you know what I mean. So I I, I would much rather see a, like defense wins championships, but offense also wins uh wins games. So I think uh, it it just depends on the context of the game, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, I think I I on one hand I understand why Rikipuj isn't playing. On mm-hmm. the other hand, I would love for him to play, but you you know, as you said, it's it's tough to play him. I mean, obviously, one thing that's been really surprising me a bit is, as far as I recall, Pedri at Las Palmas used to play as an attacking mid or mm-hmm. as a winger. Now, when you're experimenting on the on the wing, Trincao is constantly Kuman's choice, right. which you could argue, fair enough. You want to give the guy confidence. You want to ease him in. That's okay. And then when he's not playing well, he takes him out or he lets him play the 90 minutes because those are probably the only 90 minutes he's going to get for the next four games. Right. Depending on Kuman's plans, of course. Mm-hmm. My question is, 
if you want to play Puj and Pedri at the same time, why not play Puj in Pedri's spot and then push Pedri out to the wing? If you're gonna change, if you're gonna experiment on one of the wings, anyways, and he has the pace to do it, and we have seen him multiple times where he's already out there on that wing. I think that would make sense, but then you got also that also raises the question of is it because Kuman thinks that Puj is whether that's attitude or whether that's he just doesn't think he fits in with how the team plays or whether he thinks his level isn't good enough. Personally, I think he's shown that he's definitely more than worthy of being a starter in Barcelona. 100%. At least, at least for the even if it's not for the big, huge, you know, uh, whether that's quarterfinals or knockout stages. But I, I think for me, he's definitely shown that he's more than worthy to be a La Liga starter. Mm-hmm. And it still baffles my mind. If Kuman already is experimenting on one of the wings, why not just push Pedri out there and put Puj in the, as, as a number 10? I mean, if we, if we want to experiment with wings, then, you know, again, it comes down to the question, who, who's going on the bench? Because Dembele yeah. has also been, been in form. Dembele uh, has been uh, really, really good. Really, really good. Uh, Messi's there. That's you know we yeah, you know we yeah. know he's, he's not, not moving. Yeah. But he, <laughs> he's not moving. <laughs> so I mean I, I get your point and all. Um, but again I think it comes down to Puj is probably more of a long term prospect. Yeah. Versus right now, to be quite frank, Barcelona needs results. Uh, we need yeah. points. We need trophies. Uh, we 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 need to we need to find our winning ways once again and. There has to, of course, there has to be a healthy balance of, of experimentation there, uh, but I think ultimately, it kind of comes down to again the the question of like if you ask me what player you'd rather have on the field uh, when we need to win, De Jong, I'd rather have Dembele on the field. Uh, Pedri, of course, he's a, he's an exciting prospect and everything, um, but this is an adjustment yeah. year for him too, you know. Uh, same thing, like everybody expected Ansu Fati to always be starting, but he's not. Simply because you know there's still a ton for these young players to learn. Definitely, I mean, of course, his injury didn't help, but of other course. than that, other than that, it's he is very, very young. So you'd have to at some point try something new, especially if yeah. you have Dembele, you have a Griezmann, you have, of course, you have a, a Messi, a Martin Brathwaite, a Trincao. Mm-hmm. So there just are a lot of names that have to be circulated, and I for think sure. that's that's you know that's one of those things that just happen especially now as you mm-hmm. said barcelona are at the point now where they really want and they really need those results yeah um so i think you know i think that's definitely something to consider looking at the transfer window of course as we said it is closed mm-hmm. but there is also one coming in the summer so if there are if, if i told you pick your pick a dream signing or two who would you go for a dream for signing yeah like no, let's no. say a realistic and let's say one like if you could get any player in the world to Barcelona, who would you bring? And you guys in the comments can, uh, you can also try this one. I mean, you know, we, we had this discussion uh, a few days ago too. But Memphis Depay for me is is number one. Uh, he's undoubtedly like the the striker that we need. He would have been the perfect uh, person to fill in uh, Suarez's shoes and everything and. You know, mm-hmm. I understand the financial financial situation that the that the club is in, but again, it, it you know I I see it more as an investment, and it, it, and if signing a player like Memphis Depay means means earnings uh, earning trophies uh, and everything else that comes with it, I see it as a win win. Yeah, How about you? No, definitely. I 
It's tough to say, you know. I think I think Eric Garcia for one, definitely. Oh, mm. mainly I mean, he's a great player, but he's also free, so it's a no-brainer the way I see yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know exactly. Player we need to pay for. A player we need to pay for. I mean, if if Barcelona could get Holland, that would be amazing. I don't think they will, mainly because he's doing well at Dortmund. He seems happy there, and I'd be surprised if they'd let go if they let go of him for a smaller fee. But obviously, if there is a release clause type thing, then that's different, and obviously that would allow him to join. If I had to choose between Memphis or Holland, I would probably choose Holland because of his age. But if yeah. he's not available, I would probably go with Memphis as well. I think I still don't I the way I see Memphis is he's a very talented player, skillful player, mm-hmm. he's got pace. But I don't know if he's I I from what I've seen of him at least, he excels more on the wing than he excels as a striker. And mm-hmm. maybe that's changed since I last saw him play, but I, I think that Barca do need an out-and-out out number nine. I think Holland could be the answer. True. Memphis could yeah. also work, but then you really, really have to be aware not to end up in another Griezmann situation. Right. Yeah, that's, situation. And that's my only concern, really, with him. That's fair. Uh, yeah, no, that, that, I think that's a valid concern, too, because we thought that the interchangeable interchangeability between Messi and Griezmann on the wing and then the middle and whatnot would work, but... Uh, it's just, you know, it, it's in theory it works, but I think when it comes down to actually playing on the field, it's it's a different story. Definitely. Let's take a look at some questions and say we've gotten quite a lot now. That's good. Nice. Keep them coming. So uh, let's see. The last one um, from what I recall was this one. D. Sanchez, 1969, uh, says, you guys agree? Do you guys agree that, Mes- that Griezmann plays better without Messi on the pitch? I don't know if I agree with that, mainly because I think he's slowly – gotten to a point now where he can link up with Messi without it actually hurting him. Yeah. I feel like theoretically he should be playing better without Messi because they occupy the sim- similar spaces and they mm. in theory do the same things. I don't think he's shown that without Messi though. And I think that also <laughs> comes down to the fact that he's still adapting. And that's another thing, you know, with Griezmann is that people forget that he has to adapt because he's used. Yeah. He's a La Liga player. He's been playing in La Liga for years and years and years, but he's been playing for, at La Real, he was playing on the wing. Then he was playing as a striker in an extremely defensive, hard-working yeah. uh, Cholo side, right? So that it's just a very different thing to try and play in Barcelona, especially when they've had so many managerial changes, um, yeah. which also has to be considered. So, yeah, I think that's, that's one thing that a lot of people tend to forget. Uh, uh, you know, Griezmann has basically had to adjust to – three different managers, <laughs> uh, you know, very, very quickly. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know if I fully agree with uh, with that statement either. All right, let's take a look at the next one. Uh, Ferris says, we can't forget about Coutinho either. Yes, he should be mm-hmm. sold, but the fact is that he's here and on huge wages, so Kuman has to play him. I don't know how I feel about Coutinho because I still think he can bring a lot to this Barcelona side. Quite frankly, and I know this might be a hot take, when the season started, he was the most consistent performer for Barcelona when he was playing. Mm-hmm. I can he see was that. he was orchestrating the play. He was getting, from what I recall, he was getting goals. He was at the very least getting assists. I think he got a goal or two. He was playing very well. He was very lively. He looked very confident. He looked like he had come off that Bayern diet to come and show off in Barcelona, and it looked like it was working. Then mm-hmm. he got injured, came back, and looked like the bar, the Coutinho we saw before his Bayern move which I also think has to do with the fact that he had to recover from his injury and then got injured mm-hmm. again. 
I don't think that he should be sold because I st- I genuinely believe that he has a future at Barcelona. Um, and I think if he can show what he showed when he came back to Barcelona, if he can show that form, there is no reason to sell him. I don't know. What, what do you think? Do you think he should be sold? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a big fan of Coutinho. Uh, I mean, obviously his – we can't compare it to his days at Bayern, but uh, you know he, he came in, he came back with in a completely different physical form. He you know he needs mm-hmm. to readapt to the way Barcelona plays, uh, very different to what uh, what they do at uh, at Bayern. Munich. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I I I think uh, Coutinho is one of those players that we need to keep because he he is a massive massive uh, assist generator uh, and can definite and definitely has an aesthetic to his play that could really just, uh, you know, break apart defenses. Definitely. And that's one of the things where if you look at it, I would hate if I, I would really be annoyed if I saw Barcelona sell him and he just had like started balling anywhere else. Yeah, of course. You know, <laughs> uh, because he is such a quality player. And then that would lead you to thinking, well, why didn't he succeed at Barcelona? And mm-hmm. at first, people might have said, yeah, it's Valverde, or yeah, it's Setien, or whatever. Now that we've been through three different managers with Barcelona, right? And something, something's got to give. So yeah. I don't think he should be sold, quite frankly, and neither yeah. do you. And I'm glad you agree. <laughs> no um, so let's uh, – awesome. All right, let's take a look at some other questions. We've gotten quite a lot. Um, Daniel Onis says, every time Puj gets a start, he isn't performing. I don't know if I agree with that. Debatable. Debatable. Depends on who. It yeah, depends on keep, who they're going up against. Yeah, let's keep it at debatable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one. Down official B. Is Kuman doing a good job with managing players about min- minutes played, especially Pedri, Messi, Frank, uh, Frankie? We have been sort of over this, I think. I think he's doing yeah. well. I think he's doing a good job with it. You know, obviously, nurturing uh, Pedri, making sure that Frankie plays in a role he's comfortable in. Uh, Messi, of course. Now slowly getting rest, which I think is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think the short answer for me is yes. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, no, I agree. We 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 touched on it and everything, and I think, uh, he, yeah, Kuman is just also he's doing a good job. He's just also figuring out what the best system is for the for for a winning side. Definitely. Uh, Chase says Barcelona needs to sign Omar's FIFA player in reference to pro <laughs> clubs, and I fully agree. <laughs> Uh, so now this is back to the dream uh, signing question we were talking about. We got quite a mm. uh, quite quite some entries here. Neymar, just because he would make Messi stay without a doubt, and he's the second best player in the world. I completely forgot about Neymar. I would love for Neymar to come back to Barcelona personally. I know what he did was not okay, but <laughs> but but that doesn't change the fact that in my eyes, at least, he's still a top two player when fit. He's a top two in the world for me when fit, and only 100%. second to Messi. One hundred percent. I, I mean, think, uh, you know, I'd like to sign him too, but then I believe he just signed a four-year contract I, with PSG. So. Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, from what I've from what I've read, he is close to signing that. So yeah, the, the know, dream is dead. Yeah, <laughs> the dream is dead basically. Pretty much. Uh, he, another. He'll, he'll be thirty by the time that ends. So. Oh yeah, he will. Yeah, that's true. Actually. Yeah. So Fares says, uh, "Holland is my absolute dream signing in the summer because it's happened too often now, where we create and create and create, but can't finish." I think, I think Holland would be a great signing for Barcelona, especially if it's, you know, if it's in in for good money. 
um, that doesn't completely kill their their wallets. But I guess we'll have to wait and see which player they go for. Um, so Daniel Ones says Alaba or Garcia, hundred percent. Interesting, actually, David David Alaba would be an interesting player. From what I've read, he is close to Real Madrid, but he would also be an interesting card, I think. He would be. He would be. I, I mean, I've been a huge fan of him, of his. Uh, I think he's a fantastic player. He, he's super versatile. Like, how do you start off your career at a left back, but then end up like center back, but then could easily just transition back to a midfield position? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then to a midfielder and everything. Like, that's that's out of control. I don't I don't know if that's just a product of, of being part of the, of the Munich system or or if he's just he just has that natural talent in him. Uh, Alaba Alaba would be a a great signing. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I I don't imagine him coming at a, uh, a price tag that the club could realistically afford. Um, I would imagine, especially because his wages definitely play a big role. Yeah. His wages Uh, play a big role. Uh, he's still extremely young. So that's still something he's in his mid twenties. That's that's something that we'd have to, you know. I, I think when it comes to signing any player, um, mm-hmm. you got to look at that too. Definitely, for sure. Yeah. Um, and J- Jade Iliasin, correct me if I'm mispronouncing your name. Uh, also agrees with the Holland and Garcia combo. Looks like that's that's a, that's an interesting one. Uh, Fadis has a question for you, Kev. He says, "Isn't Depay's position and role similar to Griezmann's?" Yeah, I saw I, I saw those comments, and the, you know, it, I, I think we kind of we kind of touched on it. Yeah, right? we did. Yeah, yeah, we, we yeah. touched on it. They're very similar, um, but uh, I think you know, one thing is to consider is uh, you know, there's always that that Dutch connection that I, I truly believe it comes down to you know, Kuman knows how De Jong operates, and Kuman knows how Memphis I would operate. So I think he'd be able to set a system in place where. Um, the two players, both uh, Griezmann and and Depay, are also disciplined enough that they'd follow through with it. Definitely, and also as far as Memphis goes, uh, sources have confirmed to me that he is Barcelona's top target in the summer because mm. of Ronald Koeman. So that's going to be very interesting to see uh, what they do there. And Fadis says about um, Holland that Dortmund are in huge financial trouble right now, reportedly, and they may consider letting him go for a cut price if it comes down to it. Again. Uh, could be interesting to see if that happens. I, 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 you know, I think Dortmund will fix their financial issues, and they're not usually a club that is very keen on letting go of players if they can't get a good amount of money for it. So, for sure, they're I guess we'll have to see. <laughs> they are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I do on. have a, I do have a quick comment slash question though regarding Holland. Let's say in a, in a dream world. Uh, we see Holland actually signing for for Barcelona. Does that mean Braithwaite wait leaves, or does he stay on the field? I mean, does he stay on the cl- at the club? That's an interesting question because then you'd have to remember there's Griezmann who is in this system a striker mm-hmm. slash center forward. You have Messi who can play there. You have then you'll have Holland, which I. I I think it really depends on Braithwaite's other offers. I think he. W- I definitely think if he does decide to leave. At that point, he would get some good offers. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, from what sources have told me, he is very happy at the club. The club are happy with him. They have no plans of letting go of him. So I think that if they do at some point buy a striker, they mm-hmm. will also make sure that he knows what his role is. So 
Like, I, I feel like if it gets to a point where they buy Holland and they look and Brathwaite looks to go, they're not going to hold hold tight on him. If he wants to leave, they're not going to keep a hold of him. But if he wants right. to stay, they're not going to say no. I, that's how I would imagine things going, at least. Um, I can see that. Yeah. You guys, the, guys in the live chat, you also let us know. What do you think would happen to Brathwaite? What do you think would happen to Griezmann or Coutinho if Barcelona made another signing? Um, theoretical, but very interesting nonetheless. Neelax says, will Barca sign anyone? Uh, please call it my name, Neelax. Hey, Neelax. Nice to meet you. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I do see Barcelona making a signing or two in the summer, personally. Sure. I would be very, very surprised. Um, Daniel here was talking to Fares, and I think that is... I think that's about it. We have one here from Daniel Onage saying Alaba is currently free, though, right? End of contract. He's very talented covering for PK Alaba and Busquets, and he's learned a lot under Pep Guardiola. Definitely has, and he is free, but his wages, I think, are the main issue for clubs wanting to sign him. So, yeah. And again, that's I think that's definitely something, especially when you have as many big names in your team as Barcelona have. Also, the same thing yeah. for Real Madrid, but from what I've read around, it seems like Madrid are keen on letting go of Sergio Ramos. So that would mean that that frees up a, a gap in, in, and in might, the wages. And then they and could they get out Yeah, and they might also uh, – I think they might let go of Jovic. No? I mean, I know he's on loan that could, again. That could, yeah, the I can see that. Him go exists too. I so. can see that, yeah. Also, an interesting, another interesting one is Eden Hazard. If they let go of him too, that's a, that's, that's a big so chunk of the wage bill right there. It's so funny because right right before we hopped on this conversation, uh, I had just tweeted out that I think uh, Eden Hazard needs to be sold this summer. Uh, yeah. One way or another, if I were Real Madrid, just take the loss because – Yeah, just cut your losses and yeah. get rid of him. You're going to – Yeah, definitely. Have, you know, and it's just – it's. He's too much of a PR nightmare now. Uh, <laughs> you know, everybody's just covering the club for the, for the wrong reasons and everything. And he's just – yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's a very strange situation as well because yeah. you look at the way he was signed and everything and he really did seem like the real deal like he was going to come in there was his dream move and he was going to prove everyone that he was ready to leave Chelsea and go right. to Real Madrid at 30. and <laughs> at 30 exactly so so it's it's you know it's what it's uh, I really don't know where it went wrong but from the opposite side of it, it's yeah. been a quite comical look. I'll, I'll give it that. Yeah. Um, D says in 1969 says, is it just me but Me or does Messi not want to pass the ball to Brathwaite? I don't know. Exa- I, I haven't personally noticed that. But then again, I think it all comes down to chemistry. I think it's difficult to get chemistry with a team that you don't play in very often from, from Brathwaite's perspective. And I think now recently he has been playing more than he used to for Barcelona. He's been somewhat of a starter, not a mm-hmm. regular, regular starter, but he's been somewhat of a starter. And I think that's, I think that's definitely something to, to consider. And I, I do see that. I do see that uh, improving soon, hopefully for Barcelona. Last question before we yeah. uh, wrap this up by JD Eliasin. Again, thank you everyone for your questions and your comments. And hopefully We'll do this again. We will do this. We will do this every Wednesday. So hopefully we'll see you here as well. Uh, he says, if we get Holland, should we then sell Brathwaite for like five to 10 million? Um, oh, he says, then we should sell Brathwaite for like 10 to 5 million. Yeah. I mean, if I think that's a bit of a small fee, especially given the inflation in the market, mm-hmm. but I could see that I could, I could see him being sold, but again, all depends on how he's 
feeling and how the club is feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we did have some right. other comments here against uh, Ramos and stuff, but we'll keep that for another time. Thank you all for tuning in, and thank you for your comments. Kevin, thank you very much for hopping on. It's been a pleasure. It's been and a pleasure, yeah, for sure. On, on that note, we'll see you all next time. Thank you very much. And roll that outro by Phil Shane from BN Sports. My name is Phil Shane, and you've been listening to The Driven Shot, hosted by Omar Hawash and the Blaugranogram News Outlet. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you have a wonderful day, and hopefully we'll see you again soon.